0: Let's talk cold calling. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a vopreneur. Welcome to the Everyday Veopreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voiceamcom slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voiceamcom slash markscott.
1: The Voopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck.
0: Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Myers. Not as smart as Colbert but he's one of us and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur.
1: Hello and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, back with another episode filled with actionable, practical advice that you can use to grow your voiceover business. This is going to be a good one. Now, before we dive into it, would you do me one quick favor? If you're listening, let me know you're listening. Share the Everyday VOpreneur podcast on your Instagram stories, maybe a picture of you listening to it, whatever it is, and make sure that you tag me, at Mark Scott. I would love to know that you're listening and enjoying these episodes. Now, I am known for email marketing. I'm known for social media marketing. Those are things that I teach, that I've been teaching for years. But a lot of people think that I teach those things because I am against other forms of marketing, and that is simply not true. Just because I don't do cold calling myself doesn't mean that I don't see value in cold calling. And I think that if it is something that you have a strength in, if it's something that you have an interest in, then it is absolutely something that should be a part of your regular marketing efforts. Now, if cold calling is something that you have tried before, but maybe haven't had a lot of success with, or if it's something you're thinking about trying, but maybe you aren't exactly sure where to start, this is the episode for you. There are a lot of ways to market your voiceover business and find new clients. We often think about things like email marketing, using social media, signing with agents, or subscribing to casting sites. But what about cold calling? Some fear it. Some embrace it. Some, like my guest today, are masters of it. If you're comfortable getting on the phone with leads, cold calling could be the secret sauce to leveling up your marketing efforts. So to get you more comfortable with this tactic, welcome to the show, Brian Doucette.
2: Thank you very much, Mark. Happy to be here.
1: So I know that one of the big complaints that voice actors have with email marketing is the amount of time that it can take to find an email address for a specific individual, if you can even find one at all, but jump on just about any company website and there's typically a phone number. So is that one of the reasons why this is so much of an easier way to do marketing?
2: Um, I mean, I definitely see that part of it. I mean, just for me, I've just always been comfortable on the phone um, that, for, that's why it's easier for me. I, I've definitely, I've worked with people before and I know some people just, they hate it. They, they freeze up, they hate doing it. And I, I'm sure as you, you realize, you know, we're, I'm not saying we're old, but more experienced voiceovers. A lot of these younger kids out there, they're just, they're, they don't talk on the phone. They're used to texting, they're used to emailing. They're not used to actually calling and talking to people. So it's, unfortunately I also think it's a, it's a dying art form, if you will. <laughs>
1: That's an interesting point, though, because the fact that it is, in some senses, a dying art form probably means that it's a lot less competitive as far as just getting people on the phone and having a conversation versus in their inbox where there's a thousand messages every day, right?
2: True, true. And I know me personally, like if, if I know it's a company founded by a 20-year-old, I'm probably not going to try a cold call. I'll probably do emailing because I know it's going to work better. I mean, you can usually see pictures of people on the websites and like the CEOs and the, you know, VP of marketing and all that stuff. You can usually gauge an idea of at least their age range. And that's usually how, I mean, for the most part, most of mine. I'm, you know, I'm calling people my own age, maybe, maybe 10 years or so younger and and older and stuff. But it's, uh, for me, it's just always worked. It's always come natural to me. I've been comfortable on the phone since I was a kid. Which is, you know, if anyone who's seen me do one of my, my talks at one of the voiceover conferences, I, I tell the funny story that I think the reason I got so good at this is because, you know, back in the eighties before, uh, you know, caller ID and stuff, I used to do prank phone calls. <laughs> I was a guy, I would pretend I was, a. Uh, I was lucky when I was in fifth grade, I had a low voice. I could pass as an adult and I would call people and say, I worked for the the panel for the family feud. And I would ask stupid questions just to see if they'd answer me. <laughs> I call, seriously, I call up random people and be like, you know, other than medicine, what is something you keep in your medicine cabinet? You know, And they'd give me answers and I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I've always been comfortable on the phone, probably stemming back to that.
1: Well, that answers one of my questions then, because I was wondering where that comfort came from. I didn't know if there was <laughs> some sort of a background in, you know, sales calls from a previous life or something like that. But it all starts with crank calls when you were a kid. <laughs>
2: And what's funny about that, you mentioned sales calls. So when I, I lived in California for a year in the nineties, I moved out there to, to, train at a martial arts school. And when I was looking for a new job out there, I tracked down someone who I knew from my hometown had moved out there and opened and started his own computer business. And he's like, Hey, do you want to come work for me and do, do phone sales? I'm like, well, I've never done that. before like, feels, yeah, but you used to be great pranking people. You'd be good at this. And he hired me because
1: of that. <laughs> what a resume. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine writing that on your resume today? What's your background and experience? Oh, I was an awesome prank caller.
2: I was like the Jerky Boys before the Jerky Boys. Come on.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. I'm very curious if you have any insights into this because I know that you do teach this. Mm -hmm. Why are we so afraid of cold calling? Is it because of strong opinions about telemarketers or is it like something completely different? But what is it? Because... The ones that do it love it, but the ones that mm-hmm. don't want to do it, there's like a really very strong emotional, you know, and fearful disconnect there. What's like, that all the, about?
2: The people I've talked to and the questions I've asked, I think it, uh, at least the, from my experience, it comes down to they don't want to hear the word no. They get a no through an email or they don't get a response. It's it's not a big deal, but to actually have someone on the phone talking to you in person saying, no, we're not interested or no, your voice isn't a fit. It's, it's different. You know, you, you, you send an an audition, you never hear back, you know, record it and forget it. But if you're actually talking to the person, if you were to like call someone and do a live audition and they say, yeah, you're not good. No, thanks. That's going to hurt a lot worse. So that's what I think it is personally.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Actually. I never even thought about that, but that's totally valid. Mm -hmm. Email is no matter how personal you try to make email, it's still very impersonal. But exactly. when you're talking to somebody on the phone, yeah. Which brings up another interesting point, though, because, I mean, that's one of the things that I've always thought was the advantage of cold calling, which is that idea of the on-the-spot audition, right? When you're calling mm-hmm. and getting somebody on the phone, you're removing a step. In email marketing, you're trying to drive somebody to your website to listen to your demos. When you're doing exactly. cold calling, you don't have to get them on the website to listen to your demos because they get to hear you right there on the phone. So talk a little bit about this idea of the on-the-spot audition.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, well, one of the questions I asked, you know, it, one of the first ever uh, talks I gave was at uh, Fafcon in Minneapolis. And one of the questions I asked was uh, who, you know, raise your hands. Who does, who does cold calling? And, you know, I think half the people raise their hands. And I said, out of you people who do cold calling, how many of you leave a message if you get a voicemail and almost every hand went down. And I'm like, you guys are giving up a free addition right there. To have that they'll have your voice recorded I've actually had people call me back and say I listened to your message six times and decided to give you a call I mean it's so that's a big part of it I mean they're gonna they're gonna hear your voice I mean when you're talking to them you're not gonna do their you know hey, how you doing this is Brian I'm calling about voiceover you're not, you are know you're not gonna do the DJ voice the announcer voice you're just gonna talk to them because as you know the conversational thing sells and it's just letting them hear your voice, letting them hear your comfort level and, and answering questions. I mean, I've had cold calls last as little as 30 seconds and as long as 25 minutes. So it, it kind of depends on, on the comfort level and stuff. And I and know you talked about, you know, getting them to, you know, getting them to your website or getting them to accept an email with your things attached. And that's one of the things I teach is, you know, before I even call the person, I have the email. I actually, I try to get their email address also. And I have an email already typed up with my demo attached. And I, as I'm talking to them and, and I put it out there, I'm like, Hey, if you're willing to listen to my demos, he was like, yeah, send them right over. I am like, Hey, check your inbox. I just sent them. You know, right when they, as soon as they say it, I send it right there. And if they say no, just send me a link. I'll hit X, take the attachment off and still. Send.
1: That's so smart.
2: And I'll say, if you have a minute, if you have a minute right now, go ahead and listen, then you can ask me any questions. I'll wait. And I've actually had some of them do that. If you can get them to listen to your demos while you're on the phone with them, it's huge.
1: That is huge because. You send an email, right? I mean, part of the argument for email marketing is that it allows them to do things at their convenience, right? So it's not, right. it, its uh, supposedly it's not as intrusive or that's what mm-hmm. some people say. But then when you leave it to them to do at their own convenience, you highly increase the probability that they're going to forget to do it, which is why yep. you've always got to be sending follow-up emails as well. Yeah, exactly. You can get them to do it right on the phone, if you can get them to agree to it right on the phone, if you can send them the demos while you're talking to them, you just removed a bunch of steps. You're you're making a very valid argument for cold calling here right now, Brian. Like seriously, <laughs> as try, somebody who to. doesn't do it, I'm listening <laughs> to this thinking, dang, this is a very convincing argument for why I should.
2: And people ask me like, well, you know, why, why do you get people to do this? It's it's competition. I'm like, "It's there's so many
1: places out there you can call. It's not
2: competition. And, and plus, I know that you know out of 20 people i talk to 18 of them are not going to pick up the phone and call so it's not really competition people will listen the ask questions they'll get excited but then when it comes times to actually do it they're going to get scared yeah they're not going to do it and i've had people i've worked with before and i've called them back two months later how's hey, a cold calling going yeah i need to get doing that <laughs> like seriously
1: they try like, once they have one bad experience right and then i'm yep. not doing this anymore which that goes for all of them, right? I yeah. sent a cold email and somebody got upset with me. Now I'm never sending another email again. I <laughs> exactly I, you know, got rejected on a phone call. Now I'm never going to make another cold, cold call again or whatever. I mean, look, you do enough of this. That's that's going to happen. So you got to learn how to get past that. But exactly, it's interesting. Yep. I, I, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is whether or not you would leave a message or if you would try to call another day. And it makes sense though that you know you leave a message. You literally have on tape. You know, in air quotes, on tape. Mm-hmm. audition right there. That's really smart. And then I'm curious though, when you leave a message, do you follow up with them or do you just leave it in their hands at that point?
2: It's I mean, I'll usually follow up, but I mean, I'll give them time to call back. Um, usually if I do send and leave a message, I will, sometimes that's, I actually will do a, an email, uh, and I'll say, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving you this message right now. Here's my number. I'm also going to send you an email so you can reach me that way if that's easier for you. Then I'll just send the send them an email with the you know subject matter, I left you a voicemail or something like that, message I left, you know, I left you a message. And then they have then they have an option to get back to me. They can go either way if they want to. Right. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, and with follow you know, follow up calls like follow up emails, you know, I, I've heard, you know, some people do that, you know, three or four, five times a year. Follow up calls I'm not gonna do as often. Right know and, and one of the stories i've told many times was, is i think i told this one time when we talked uh on you uh, last time was on your podcast and it was you know i had a a cold call that i started and literally booked the job about 17 years later 18 years later i think it was i, I basically did a cold call back when i first started getting into voiceover i think it was 98 or 99. I called this company I wanted to work for, and I was young and stupid, radio DJ, didn't know anything about voiceover, and like, hey, I want to be the new voice of your company. And the guy's like, yeah, whatever, you know, send me a demo and we'll stay in contact. And of course, never heard anything. And like once a year, I'd do a follow-up call or a follow-up email or something. It wasn't always a call, I'd, I'd alternate. And it was finally, I think it was 2017 or 2018. I just, I'd, I sent him an email and it wasn't even, hey, do you want to hire me? I just sent him an email and said, hey, I hope you had a good Christmas. I just want to wish you a happy new year. And four days later, he responded back, Hey, I have this job. I want you to audition for. And that ended up being my first national spot. <laughs> so it was, I was literally, I just, I was, he like I said, I wasn't being pushy, but like once or twice a year, I'd send him an email or leave him a voicemail and it paid off, you know, 18 years later.
1: <laughs> so that's one of the universal truths of marketing, because I always say that success is in the follow-up, right? Don't let them forget mm-hmm. you. And that goes for whether you're doing email, social media, cold calling or whatever whether it's email marketing, social media marketing, cold calling, you know that you need to do marketing. If you want to grow your voiceover business, you need to have auditions coming from as many different places as possible. Casting sites can be one of those places. Agents can be one of those places. But I think that to really truly grow your business, the bulk of your efforts need to be focused on your own direct marketing, building your own client base. Don't know how to do it? let me teach you. Voiceover Marketing Playbook is a step-by-step, easy-to-follow video course that is going to teach you how to find your own leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. It's about a six-plus hour video course. When you sign up, you get instant access to the course. You can watch it as often as you would like. You'll always get access to updates. This is your guide for learning how to become a more confident and effective marketer. Playbook is going to be out from April 12th through the 21st, 2020, and you can find all the details on the course and how to sign up at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. Now, back to our show. Now, I'm curious with cold calling, when we say cold calling, we have this vision of like literally just picking up the phone and randomly dialing someone. Mm -hmm. How prepared are you ahead of time? Are you writing a script? Are you... Holding on, like, do you have a list of bullet points of things that you know you want to touch on? I'm assuming you don't want the call to have a lot of ums and ahs in it. Right.
2: And I have a couple different ways I go. I mean, there's the cold call like you talked about. I've done that before where I've just picked up the phone and called. I'm bored. I'm home. I'm just going to look up a number and call. I'll do that. And it works, but my success rate isn't as high versus where I may spend two weeks researching the company and try to find out exactly who I need to call, what department they're in, what, you know, what their extension is, what their email. I'll I'll have as much information as I can before I call them. So I, I, I kind of call it warm, cold calling. Cause it's, it's not a real cold call, but you know, it's not a warm call either. Cause they don't know you're calling, but I'm going to have as much. So, I mean, picture this you're working the front desk of a company and i call you and i say yeah hi i'm a voiceover guy and i'm just wondering who in your company would i talk to you about maybe recording some stuff for you and on the front the person's gonna like oh i don't know maybe that well whoever but if i call and say hey can i speak to mark scott at extension 232 sure hold please. <laughs> which is going to get through quicker that's
1: totally yep. valid i mean That's the same idea as email, right? I always say with email, you got to do a little bit of research ahead of time. The email Mm -hmm. has to have a level of personalization to it because it's so much more likely to get open and read. Same idea here, right? If you're just randomly calling and throwing it out there just to see what, you know, do it enough when you throw it at the wall and something's going to stick. But if you really want to create success in the long term, there is a little bit of research that goes into it, a little bit of preparation, which, I mean, that answers one of my other questions was, are you just asking reception for who handles voiceover or are you actually taking the time to dive into, you know, LinkedIn company page or, you know, their website about page or team page or whatever. So you're trying to figure out who the creative director is or the program manager or, you know, whatever it is based on the company that you're calling. You want to make sure you've got all that information ahead of time when you're calling.
2: Exactly. And like I said, I do it both ways. I've you know, I, I, Another one of the funny stories I've told before when I've been talking is, you know, I was listening to uh, watching a local TV station and I heard a commercial that was just God awful. The voiceover was horrible. And, and this TV station locally had a very bad reputation of not willing to pay for voiceover. They, they would use their engineers, their salespeople, their front desk receptionist to do voiceovers for a local TV station. So I, I I watched this ad, it was a local IT company. And I, I pulled up my phone and I called the number when it flashed on the screen and, and it was a small company I'd heard of them before. And I got the CEO of the company on the phone. I go, Hey, I just saw your ad on, on the local TV station. Oh yeah. What'd you think? I go, honestly, it sucked. And he's like, what? <laughs> I go, it sucked. I said, the voice of her was so unprofessional. I said, I could do better, you know, blindfolded, you know, with marbles in my mouth (laughs) basically. And he's like, excuse me. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, send me the script. I'll record one take for free. And if you like it, we can talk. And he like, here's my email address. And he sent me a script. And I I think I did like three takes actually, just to make sure it was really good. I sent it back in like 15 minutes and he called me back. He goes, so, uh, can you also do our voicemail system and two other uh, commercials and what's your rate? <laughs> nice. Now, I wouldn't recommend calling up someone and telling them their stuff sucks, but I, I knew this company, I knew it wasn't a professional voiceover. I knew they were not using professionals. Right. So I knew it wasn't gonna hurt any, I, I knew it wasn't the guy from the company. You know, so I, I took a shot and it worked, but like I said, I wouldn't probably recommend that to other people versus other ones where, like I said, i spent up to a month researching a company to find the right person. I've also had it happen before where I spent two three weeks researching, find the right person. Like, oh yeah, he left the company two days ago. Are you serious? Dang. <laughs> so I mean, you never, but then it's like, oh, can I speak to his replacement, please? Yeah, went into that one a little more cold than I wanted to, but I've also done that where I've called to find out like, Hey, who's the head of his department, get the information. All right, thanks. I just need to send him a package and I'll hang out cause I don't want to call him yet. I still want to do my research. So I'll actually use the front desk to get the person's name, their department, their title. And then I can try to find their email address or something like that and get that information before I actually make the real call when I'm going to talk to them.
1: I think this is good because I think that there's a lot of people that are thinking that they're just going to pick up the phone, hit reception, who's responsible for voiceover, can you connect me? And I know that there are voice actors that do that, and you know some of them are mm-hmm. able to pull that off. But I think it's really important that you pay attention here. We're we're saying same same idea as email or same idea as making a connection request on LinkedIn, whatever it is. A little bit of time spent ahead of time doing a little bit of research, coming in prepared is greatly going to increase your chances of actually ultimately converting that into something. So when it comes to preparation then, what are we trying to cover in the cold call? What are some of the main points that we want to make sure that we hit? Because I'm guessing that if you don't have at least a general outline, the call can really go in a lot of different directions once you start just having a natural conversation with someone. But you do want to make sure that there are certain objectives or certain points that you do hit in that call as much as possible, right?
2: Exactly. And that might be different for each person. You know, I mean, you know, for me, it, it really, depends. like, I, I'm not one, I don't like scripts. I've been doing this long enough. I know what I want to say. I know what I'm going to cover. You know, I, I, I you know, I tell people I wing it, but the script is probably in my head, but I'm not, there's not like a checkbox. I'm not saying, oh, did I say that? Did I say that? It's just, for me, it's just natural But I tell people, you know, you, you need to know know, what do you want them to know? What are the, you know, if you only have 45 seconds on the phone call, what are the three things you want to make sure you get across? And that's something that you need to decide. Do you want to make sure they know what your rate is for what they're looking for? Do you want to make sure they know how long you've been doing this? Do they want to make sure, you know, their turnaround time, something like that. They need, you know, make sure they know that, you know, one thing you don't want to, you know, I tell people no matter how new you are, don't tell them you're new Yeah. (laughs) because because it, it's they'll they'll prejudge you whether before they even 100%. hear you could have the best demo they've ever heard like yeah I'm, I'm just new and trying to get my name out there well no no i mean usually what i'll say and i'll tell people to say in a case like this you know something like you know, hey, i'm new to this area i'm not like i'm new to to your market i've never done medical before you know, i've been doing this other stuff but i've never done medical i, I it's something i'd really like to get into you know something like that or 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 even just your market hey, i have never i've never done anything in in Toledo before I'm, I'm trying to get a few clients in, in Toledo, you know, something like that, just, you know, don't tell them you're new kind of working way around it like that, you know, it's, it's not really lying. Yeah, I guess, but you, you don't want to p- people prejudge way too often. Same reason I say, you know, I don't like putting pictures on websites because they, they prejudge you by what you look like too. It's totally <laughs> Unfortunately.
1: true. Yeah. Before you even have a chance to get them to listen to your demos, sometimes they'll have already made up their mind. Yep. Something we touched on at the beginning, and I, w- I want to go into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. The idea of a cold call being more intrusive, right? The, so so there's this cons- this misconception. I think that email is nice because it lands in their inbox and it allows them to deal with it at their convenience. So if they're in the middle of a meeting, if they're at their kid's dance recital, if they're doing whatever, eating their lunch, you know, they you're not fully intruding because they can just be like, okay, I'll get to that an hour later or whatever. But when you call somebody and you try to get them on the phone, it obviously is a little bit more direct. Sometimes it maybe gives people a little less chance to put it off till a different time or or something like that. Now with email, I know that if you send a thousand emails, it is inevitable. At some point you are going to land in the wrong person's inbox on the wrong day (laughs) and they're just going to be ticked and and it's going to happen. And it's not a big deal because it's just timing, right? Your experience, all the years that you've been doing this cold calling, all the cold calls that you've made, I really want you to hear how many times have you been accused or gotten a frustrated person on the phone because you're being too intrusive or being too direct or or whatever? Has it even ever happened? Because I know it's a big thing that voice actors mm-hmm. talk about.
2: For me personally, it hasn't, and, and I have a theory on why. I mean, especially you know over the last 20 years or so with, with technology and like we mentioned before, caller ID and stuff, people know if they don't recognize the number and they actually don't want to pick up the phone, they're not going to. If they're too busy, not going to if i see my cell phone ring and i'm too busy to pick it up i'm not going to answer it you know if it's if it's really not a good time i'm not even you know when i had an office before and worked a different day jobs and stuff if the phone rang in my office and i did not feel like talking i just did not answer it it's something like i I honestly believe if, if someone has time they'll answer the phone and if they answered it by mistake and they really can't talk they will tell you and that's what usually that's one thing I teach. And that's something, you know, even when I've, I used to manage call centers and stuff and I coach people too, and calling that way too. First thing you ask them, is this a good time? Hmm. And they'll they'll be honest. I've had people say, no, not really. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've, they've never been rude about it. They've never been upset. And they say, honestly, this really isn't a good time. And they'll say, Hey, what, what would be a better day to call back Tuesday or Thursday? <laughs> I never say when would be a good time to call back. I always try to give them that option. So they only have one or two to pick from. Yep, <laughs> doesn't always work. But, oh, uh, how about Thursday? Okay, cool. Morning or afternoon work better.
1: But the reason why they're not getting upset about that either is because you're showing them respect by acknowledging, hey, I, I know this might not be a great time. So if it's not, you know, let's reschedule versus somebody who just tries to plow through with their script anyway, because, well, I've already got you on the phone. So let me tell you about whatever. So I, I think that's really good because, I mean, what if you've made hundreds of these thousands of cold calls? How many cold calls have you made? And
2: honestly, I used to count, but I quit counting
1: <laughs> years ago.
2: I mean, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll do a whole day of just cold calling. And I'll, I'll plan it out, and I'll, I've done over 150 in a day before.
1: Okay, so we're talking um, about thousands of cold calls over the year, and never at any point in thousands of cold calls over the years have we run into this barrier of, disrupting somebody's day like being upsetting someone because of being intrusive or whatever and that's the point that I really want to make because I know it's one of the pushbacks that I get when when mm-hmm. the subject of cold calling comes up like you said if they don't want to answer the phone they're not going to answer the phone it, you exactly. know don't make a problem where one doesn't exist just <laughs> it's like i say send the dang email well in this case make the dang call so yeah. do you have any idea what your lead to prospect conversion rate is for cold calls before
2: COVID, my, my my success percentage was at about thirty four percent.
1: Thirty four percent. Wow, it's hard to argue with thirty four percent.
2: Yeah, the first year of COVID, I made almost none. It's just there was so much going on. I just honestly, I just didn't want to bother people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it. It's everyone knows the voiceover business took a huge hit. I mean, my voiceover business took about eighty percent hit that first year of COVID so yeah and, and even just the last year i've been scaling back a little just trying to you know get back into it and stuff and kind of sticking with my my normal clients and everything and i'm just just now in the last probably it's kind of cool that you reached out when you did because just the last three four months i have really started getting back into doing it as much as i used to so so yeah i'll just start start tracking that again but yeah i mean you know on, on average you know and i'm not saying that 35 that actually led to a, a paying gig no what i count that as if i made 100 calls. Thirty-five percent I talked to. It was positive. They accepted my demo and it, and they added me to their roster. Yeah, not every one of those led to a job, but a, a good percentage of them did. Um, you know, I'd say out of that, you know, thirty-five, definitely twenty to twenty-five led to paying gigs. Um, it just kind of depends. But you know, as far as I mean, you also have to be good. I mean, most voiceover people should be good with people. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a younger generation. They're not good at having conversations that aren't involved with texting and stuff but you, you have to be know how to at least a little bit know how to read people and you can tell if someone doesn't want to be talking to you
1: yeah it's,
2: at least i would sure hope you could if you can't tell that then definitely don't cold call because <laughs> I mean, it's it's not going to go well for you but i mean you can usually get a feeling if someone's trying to brush you off they're trying to get your phone but maybe they don't want to be rude you know th- then you might you know, throw that line to them be like you know you know hey, I just wanted to touch base right now, but maybe there's a, a better day I could call back. We could you know maybe chat a little longer, give them that option or something and give them a few options that way. or or maybe you just prefer I send you an email with my demos you know and get their email address. you know, yeah at the very minimum, if you don't have their email yet, try to get that before you hang up and, and ask them if you can you know do a follow-up email in a week or so.
1: That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm really impressed with that response rate, honestly. like I say for for email marketing, if you can get you know fifteen, twenty percent you're doing okay. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're really being targeted with your emails and you're, you're sending a really great email and you've got really great demos on your website and all that sort of stuff, I think it's possible to get that number up to like 25, 30%. And so to hear 34% conversion rate for cold calls, I mean, that sounds like a really, really solid number to me, which again, makes another very valid argument for why this could be something that works. And And I think the other thing here, too, is particularly for newer voice actors that are trying to figure out this whole marketing thing, experiment with it. Right. I mean, yeah, Yeah. I'm a big fan of email. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. I think that there's opportunities with TikTok and Instagram and all of these different platforms. But cold calling is another one of those platforms that I think can work for some people. And. You usually have a pretty good idea whether or not it's something that you would be comfortable with. But if it is something you're comfortable with at a 34% conversion rate to prospect, <laughs> find some time, you know, make one day of the week, a cold calling day or something like that. Cause that's a, you can't <laughs> argue with those numbers.
2: Yeah. And if, and if it's something where you honestly don't feel you're going to be comfortable with, try it, but try it. I've had a lot of people I've worked with do a practice one. Mm-hmm. It's like every, everyone probably knows at least one person who owns a business or is high up in a business, that's a friend of theirs, that's a good friend. Talk to that friend and say, hey, here's the deal, I'm trying to grow my voice over business, I'm trying to do this cold calling thing, I'm really nervous about it, can I call you at your job at a set time and just basically role play, say pretend you don't know me and I wanna hit you with my pitch and then afterwards call me back and." And be honest. Tell me how I did. <laughs> and I've had a, people have success with that. You know, it's it's that's uh, we used to do that. You know, in a call center I worked at. You know, we had a couple different local businesses that let us basically let our you know people practice on them and stuff. So it's it's you know, practice makes perfect, as they say. And, and you might try it one or two times, and you're like, God, I really don't like this. And that's fine. Never do it. But other people are like, that actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, if you have a you know, a relative that owns a you know anything. Like I said, someone in a doctor's office or chiropractor, any kind of thing, just call them up and and try your pitch and, and see how it goes.
1: That's really smart. That's a really good idea. Get the jitters out, right? Get a sense of what to say, what what not to say, what worked, what didn't work, you know, tweak your bullet points and stuff like that. I know you said that you, you've been doing it long enough now that you know what you want to say and what you need mm-hmm. to say. But for somebody who's starting out, I think having at least a couple of bullet points there of things that you want to work off of, I don't think a script is probably a good idea because it doesn't allow for any flexibility in the conversation. But right. doing something like that to to make yourself a little bit more comfortable, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah,
2: it's, that's the main thing is you just got to be comfortable with it. And it's it's not for everybody. I mean, as much as I, I push it and I know people push back and, and I've, you know, some people are very passionate about not doing it and uh, some of the old school guys you know they only use agents i never pick up the phone and it's you know and, and anyone who was at i think you were there at, at the the when um when bob bergen was our keynote speaker yeah, Bob Bergen's a good friend. I love Bob. It's so much fun, and and he he's one who used to give crap, give me crap online when I mentioned cold calling. He was so against it, and if you remember his keynote talk, he talked about how literally the way he broke into voiceover was when he was a little kid and he moved to to Los Angeles. He went through the phone book and he cold called every person with the last name blank until he found Mel Blank's phone number. <laughs> And I brought that up amazing. after after the fact, and he just started smiling. He's like, "You son of a," <laughs> gave me a big hug, and he's like, "You got me." So, <laughs>
1: well, and the funny thing is, you know, like you said, some of these old school VOs who are like, "I don't do cold calls. I just let my agents do everything." Yeah, mm-hmm. guess what? Your agents are probably doing cold calls, so it's still <laughs> exactly it, it's still part of the business. Now, okay, we've covered a lot of ground here. Mm-hmm. We know that we need to do some research ahead of time, right? We're not even though we're cold calling, uh, you said warm calling, I think is really more of what's going on here. So we got to do a little bit of research ahead of time. We're better if we know who we want to speak to so that we can ask for that person directly. It doesn't hurt to have a few bullet points of things that you know you want to cover off just to make sure you get all the main points covered. Are there any other considerations that a voice actor needs to think about before picking up the phone and and starting to do the dialing? I mean, my
2: key points that I, I, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, but my key points, what I, what I want to know, if at all possible, I want to know the person's name, the department they're in, their title. And if I can, their email address. And if I can, their extension, if I can get those five things, it, it's going to go great. It's going to go great. It, you know, any of those, one of those things is going to be helpful. Yeah. But if you can get, you know, the more you can get out of those five, it's going to make the call go so much easier because you're just going to know you're going to know who to ask for, you know? And even if you get the, a lot of times a lot of it's now, it's not even a live person, it's automated, You know your party's last name, enter it now and they'll give you the extension. And a lot of times they will be like, you know, Steve Johnson in marketing. It'll tell you right there before it sends you to him. And if you don't, if you're not ready to talk, hang up, write his name down, then you can go on LinkedIn, look up Steve Johnson marketing for this company. And that's the other other thing too, that I, I wanted to point out is that, you know, when I started doing this, everything was marketing and now there's so many different titles. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be creative services. It could be marketing. I mean, a lot of companies, their, their phone systems are done through it. It's not even marketing or creative services or HR it's it department. So, and that's the other thing too. Some companies it's more than one person, depending on what area, I mean, I have some clients where I'm working with three different people, depending on what I'm recording, whether I'm doing a commercial or whether I'm doing, you know, a, an e-learning or whether I'm doing their voicemail system. It's three completely different people, <laughs> so that's the other thing too. You got to be. it's Don't just assume it's going to be the same title at every single company. I remember the first time I called a TV station, and you're, you're a former, you know, radio guy, so you're gonna, you'll probably get this. But first time I called a TV station and asked for the head of production, and the lady's like, "The head of what?" I'm like, "Production." She goes, "We don't have that." And I'm like, "The person who makes your commercials?" Oh, you mean creative services? I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> I that was like six years ago. I almost dropped when she's. I'm like. You, they don't call it production anymore.
1: This is one of the challenges that I have found (laughs) as, as the generation of decision makers gets younger. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have noticed is that a big part of their, I don't know, I guess their identity is having a unique job title. And I actually have talked about this before, I think in another episode, but I had uh, somebody who is an instructional designer and they did a survey of 100 instructional designers. And so by trade, they are instructional designers. (laughs) They did a survey of these 100 instructional designers to ask what their job titles were, and it came back. There was like 40-some-odd different results or something like that. (laughs) Wow. All instructional designers, but every one of them has to call themselves something unique so that they can have something unique on their business card or whatever, which does add an element of challenge when you are trying to figure out who the person is to reach out to. But, I mean, that goes whether you're doing email or social media or Mm -hmm. cold calling or whatever. So, uh, again, that just comes back to doing some of the research ahead of time and and making sure you know who and what you're looking for. Yeah, I
2: would would not be surprised if within five to ten years, creative services doesn't exist anymore and we have something new we're dealing with.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, I know that you have taught this at conferences before. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you do any kind of private coaching? If somebody wants to learn more about how to do this, is that is that an option for them?
2: I have before. It's not really something I, I advertise and do a lot of just because, I mean, I'm so busy with other stuff. I mean, if, if someone really reaches out and wants to, I mean, most people, if someone wants to reach out and chat, I'll, I'll spend a half hour on the phone with them, you know, if, if I know they're serious about it um you know but I, I have done some one-on-one teaching with people and some coaching with that stuff but like i said it's just not something i advertise i mean i, I told you before the show i do you know first of all i have you know I have three kids three you kids know, <laughs> all different age levels you know i do three different podcasts myself you know, I do, you know the voice of a business and you know i have a wife and everything else going on so it's unfortunately not a lot of free time but i also as someone who i like staying busy so i mean if i'm you know sitting around and have nothing going on. And someone calls me and says, "Hey, I want to talk about cold calling." Sure, I'll spend an hour talking with them. So,
1: is that the it, trick? It, They've got a cold call you. They can't email you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> I've done both. You know,
2: I've done you know most most people. If they know my number, they'll call me and, and ask me questions. And I'll, I'll respond to email too.
1: So, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong here. You did a webinar once before with Voiceover Extra on cold calling. Is that is that yep, right? Correct.
2: Yep, and that's still out there. Yep, that okay, is and that there. is still out there.
1: Okay, yep. so. I will grab that uh, that website URL from you, and then we'll we'll stick that into the show notes. So that's certainly an option if somebody is interested in diving into this a little bit deeper. Uh, the webinar through VoiceOver Extra would be a really great place to start. Or, you know, if you can go through the, the phone book and find Brian's number and cold call him, I feel like that could be a challenge <laughs> for some voice actors to try and figure out what your phone number is and, and give you a call. But, man, I, I mean, I think you gave us everything already. There's so much information in this episode uh, you know, all the keys to the kingdom of how to do this successfully and make it work. And I think probably the one big takeaway that I got from it was not a lot of people are doing it, which means that it's a lot easier to cut through the noise. It's true.
2: It's true. Like I said, I challenge people all the time and just no one wants to, and it's even not just in voiceover and other things, even, you know, you know, I do, you know, with WovoCon, I've done a lot with WovoCon and getting sponsorships and stuff like that. And and, and it's the same type of thing, cold calling. And some, a lot of times people are surprised. I, I remember one time I, I got a good friend who uh, works at a TV station in town. And I just happened to mention to him one time you know, about cold calling. And and I had actually called him one time at work. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I, I probably get 30 emails from voiceover artists a week. He said, you're the only person who's ever actually called me.
1: <laughs> I mean, ever. we're paying all this money for these <laughs> cell phones and phone systems and all that sort of stuff. Somebody might as well make them ring every once in a while, right? <laughs>
2: I know I'm some of these younger people. I don't even know if they know how to make a phone call. It's just, so it's not like text or Snapchat or email. They don't know how to do it, unfortunately.
1: And how much so. easier has it gotten for you over the years now that there's no longer a cord holding you to the wall <laughs> in the kitchen? <laughs>
2: well, funny story. I literally just gave up my landline about a year ago.
1: <laughs> or or you had to sit there and you're, you're doing the long distance dial on the rotary phone and you get to the last digit and you hit the wrong one. And then you got to hang up and start all over again. Or, you know, the struggle was real. <laughs>
2: That's right. the the cheaper long distance after nine didn't really work for cold calling because most places were closed by then. So
1: man, Brian, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time and and it's been a lot of fun to talk to you, but man, I'm you're blowing my mind with some of these numbers. the thirty four percent conversion rate in particular. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, I don't I still don't want to do cold calling, but now I feel there's there's a part of me that feels the a little bit compelled to be like, maybe you need to try this at least a little bit because I'm, that's I'm a crazy response you. rate. you
2: you, you got to do it. I'm challenging you to try at least five cold calls. That's my challenge to you, Mark.
1: all right. Well, Brian, <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to you for your for your time. and thank you so much for sharing this. And I will put that link to the webinar in the show notes if anybody wants to check it out and learn a little bit more. I think it would be a really, really good place to start.
2: My pleasure, sure. It's always great to talk to you
1: So much incredible information shared there and still mind blown at a thirty four percent conversion rate from lead to prospect, which is pretty incredible. And makes a solid argument for doing cold calling. You can find the numbers. You can find the people. Do a little bit of research, just like you would with email. But consider the possibility of making that cold call. Or, you know, maybe warm call is a little bit better description. And using it as an opportunity to generate a live audition. And maybe get on somebody's radar a little bit quicker. I'm so grateful to Brian for all of the information that he shared. And I am sure that this is going to be helpful for you. Did you enjoy the episode? Can you do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening to this episode? Let other people know that the podcast is helpful and that it is helping you to grow your voiceover business so that they can discover it too. As always, thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.
0: The Everyday VOPreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voidzam player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit slash markscott And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOpreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.